what I'm yearning for is, is for my mouth to be transformed. What I'm yearning for is my emotional heart level reaction to be transformed. So that instead of something rising up in me that isn't the Jesus way, that it's changed and transformed. That the things that I, I, the things that I want, the things that I dream about, that every aspect of my being, the way I spend my time, my money, the things, all of that, that it's, that it's progressively being changed. And the thing, I've known this for years, it's, it's, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out. The character of Jesus is not imparted in a moment. There can be breakthrough. Like, I'm for breakthrough. I, want, I love praying for breakthrough. But then on, you know, then you've got to go through it. And so it's this long process. And I'll be honest, it's an uncomfortable process. You could even say that at times it's painful to be made and molded into the likeness of Jesus. But when I look around me, the need for that is so absolutely obvious. Welcome to the Resurgence Messages Podcast. We gather and minister regularly for the purpose of reaching people, reviving churches, and releasing leaders. Our prayer is that this message will inspire you to arise for the kingdom of God. For more information on the ministry of Resurgence and how you can take part, check out liveresurgence.com. Uh, but I want to bring a message that, that I'm entitling Fashioned and Formed. Fashioned and Formed. And so as we do, I'm going to kind of touch on a few things. And so where I'd like to start is I'd like to ask you guys to stand to your feet. And I want us to say the Lord's Prayer. To, I want us to pray, not just say it, but I want us to pray the Lord's Prayer together. And it's all there. So we'll just all together out loud. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Amen. So we, yeah, you can have a seat. It is, uh, it's good to be here at Resurgence. And when I think about Resurgence, I remember the, or the, some of the earliest days of Resurgence uh, when the ministry was meeting, uh, did special, these special sort of three days of meetings at the Paramount Theater. Anybody remember the Paramount Theater? Okay, good. Those were, those were fun days. And one of the things, this story has been told a number of times, but I like telling it because uh, I, was, I was part of it. And so... We, we, we knew that Travis and some of the people were going to be doing these three days of meetings, and we just said, well, we, we have the same heart, and so what we wanted to do is we said, well, what if we went downstairs into the basement of the Paramount Theater and prayed while you guys had your meetings, while, while the meeting was going on upstairs? And so I feel that there's, uh, there's always been this, this uh, partnership that started all those years ago uh, with that expression of having a group of us and went downstairs, and, and that's kind of definitely, definitely my lane is just sort of, okay, let's go downstairs, get a bunch of people, and we'll pray for what's happening upstairs. 
And I have always really appreciated that. And I've appreciated uh, Travis, I've appreciated Donovan, and I've appreciated the community of Resurgence as a whole because it's really been always about a, a, a pursuit of encounter with God and a pursuit of re- and a hunger for seeing revival break out uh, in, in the city and in the region. And so, uh, as Donovan mentioned before, there's been uh, a few opportunities in the last in the last few years where we've done this, this gathering between House of Prayer and Resurgence, we've, we've come together and we've sort of called people across the city and we've done these evening meetings that we referred to as Gather and Pray. And uh, we, we actually originally, before Gather and Pray, we would meet House of Prayer, a bunch of people from House of Prayer and a bunch of people from Resurgence, and we would meet together and we didn't open it up. We didn't sort of have this big sort of citywide thing. We... We just had the two ministries coming together to pray together. And we, uh, I remember the, the one time we were at, uh, at Central Baptist on the south side there, and uh, what a, it was such a powerful time. And so as that's kind of continued, and a couple of years ago, uh, Donovan and Stephen and some others began to talk about it and saying, well, what if we did that to our two ministries together, but what if we opened it up? And what if we did it? And that sort of led to this, this five, I think it was... Donovan, did we do that first one? Was it six nights? Seven nights? Yeah, it ended up being seven nights of just praying. And we did it in different, different cities, just the same way Resurgence kind of moves from uh, church to church. We kind of did the same thing and moved church to church uh, from those things. And then we did it this, uh, this last fall. We did another gather and pray. It was a little bit shorter. And out of that, what we've decided to do is uh, have what we're referring to as gather and pray monthly. Gather and pray monthly. So instead of having like a large thing that we're trying to call people from around the region uh, to and sort of this sort of big emphasis thing, uh, what we're trying to do now is saying on a monthly basis, on the second Tuesday of every month, we're going to gather together, we're going to gather and we're going to pray. And we're going to just use that same, uh, that same theme, that same name and move forward in that. And I think one of the things that I have really always appreciated about uh, the opportunity to gather and to gather and to pray, whether I call it gather and pray or not, uh, is that it was it always brings me back to the original way in which God kind of called me and stirred me in the whole area of prayer. And some of you have heard me tell this, this story, and this will be a brief uh, summary of it. But I was. I was, I don't know how old I was. I don't think I was even 20 now. So I'm, I'm 50 now, and so it's over 30 years ago. And we, there was this meeting, and it was over at Zion Baptist Church, and, and uh, I was part of the youth group and college group in those days. And we went to this meeting, and we just kind of, it was the thing to do, and we just showed up at the meeting and whatnot. And we were listening to this guy speak, and he spoke about some of the historic revivals that have happened throughout church history. And me being a, a real good Baptist boy, uh, I'd never heard of revivals in church history before. I didn't really know what, the, what was going on. And so this guy began to describe uh, what had happened in the seasons and times where God's Spirit had moved in such powerful ways and where people had just, scores of people came to faith in Jesus and there was a, a, a life in God that was there. And it was, you know, I've listened to, I've actually, here's the honest truth. Truth. I've listened to the, the, the tape. It was back in the days of cassette tapes, okay? So don't, don't judge me on that. But there was, you know, a long time ago in the cassette tapes. And so I've listened to the message, and I'm actually like, 
it wasn't, I, it just hasn't gripped me the same way ever before. But some, God did something that night with that message and, uh, and really arrested me in a profound way in the area, in the area of prayer. And it, the way it ended was uh, like an, an altar call to come to the front and, give your, and really devote your life to, uh, to prayer in a, in a more profound kind of or focused w- way. And I became, God just stirred me in a unique way towards prayer and particularly the way that prayer leads to revival. And when you do, uh, uh, many people have said this, you guys have heard this many times, is that when you look at the history of, of the revivals through church history, you can always look at and find a group of people that were praying. You can always find that. There was always some group, of people, some group that God mobilized, that God gathered and pulled them together to pray in a particular way at a particular place. And, that, and obviously, there's been lots of people that have prayed in lots of gatherings. And it doesn't, it's not an equation that if you, you know, it's always going to lead to revival in that kind of setting, in that kind of way. But this is the thing that really stirred in me. And so tonight, as I gather here with you and the, the community of resurgence, and think about the way in which there still is. God still has this group of people that are hungering and desiring. We sang about it. That we, we've prayed about it, longing for there to be an outpouring of the Spirit that is, that is so absolutely uh, beyond anything that we have ever experienced in our lives. Uh, but I want to ask, I, as I think about that, and I was, as I thought about it really the, uh, this afternoon, and I had a direction, Donovan was right, I kind of had this direction that I was going to go tonight, and then I just felt mm, like that, and I just, it's, so I'm going in, the, in, this, in this other, a little bit of other direction. I want to start with this question. What is God saying to the church right now? What, what is God saying to I don't, I don't mean one, locate, one congregation, I mean the church, you could say in church in the region, you could say, I would actually think of it more and like what's he saying to the church a, on a larger scale, particularly in the West? What, what is it that's on God's heart right now? What are some of the things that God is saying? And fundamentally, fundamentally I believe that God is always speaking. And so when I, when I say, when I ask the question, what's God saying to the church? I don't think there's only one answer. I think there's an awful lot of answers, and we could have a discussion on that for sure. But here's the thing that I absolutely believe. Honestly, I think, this is, I think God is almost, like, almost shouting this out. It is, it is, to me, it's so clear. It is so obvious. It is so, it's almost painfully obvious that God is calling the church right now to seeing his people formed into the likeness of Jesus. Seeing people that are in the church, his, his people, sons and daughters, seeing them formed and fashioned into the likeness of his son, Jesus. I think that is the, the key core thing that God is, is wanting to highlight. And, and obviously, there's a, there's a you know, hundred different things, thousand things that God's doing. But in terms of what I see looking around the landscape of the church right now, or the landscape of, of our culture, the landscape of the church... It is the great need that we have, honestly, like really. And I'm going to, this, this, I'm going to go, I'm going to go kind of like a bit of a bummer for a second, but you cannot go a week right now. Sadly, this is a, this is a horrible thing to say, but you cannot go a week right now without hearing news somewhere, somehow, of some leader, 
somewhere, somehow, that is involved in some kind of, you know, scandal or problem and stuff like that. And there's, it's just over and over and over. And we used to, you know, used to think it was like, well, it was just that group of churches over there, that, that denomination. Well, then it all of a sudden happened in the other denomination and then the other type. And it's gone from individual churches to denominations and it's all over. And it, honestly, it's an epidemic. And if you want, and so I just feel so grieved about that. In, on, on, on many, many, many levels, I feel grieved about that. And, but you can also see it, like thinking about, uh, not even just in terms of leaders, but if you think about it in terms of the, the, all of Christendom, we came through this, this brutal reality, this brutal, this brutal experience called the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. And regardless of where, what you think and all of the rest of it, as a church, the church really didn't do very well in that. We really didn't do very well in the terms of the way that we related to one another, all sorts of division, all sorts of, of animosity, and a lot of that stuff, frankly, still, it still lingers, the flavors of it. And so you just see this stuff all over the place. And so you think about it and you go, man, I don't think that it, I don't, here's my contention, I actually don't think that life is going to get easier say, well, we got through pandemic, at least we got through that, which it's kind of mostly over, and now we're moving, you know, we're moving on, and we, at least we don't have to worry about that anymore. I will not ask for a show of hands, but, you know, like, I, I, if there's anybody that thinks that life is now, life in the world is going to get easier from here on, I, I bless you for having that hope. I, I think that things are going to get, continue to get hard. They are hard, and they're going to continue to get harder. And you say, well, that's a real bummer. And the thing is, is that that's, but this is why I honestly believe that this whole theme of fashioned and formed is so important. Like, are we being shaped into the likeness of Jesus Christ, or are, or are we being conformed to a culture, the culture in which we live? It's just, it's an honest question. So I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to a passage that uh, will be, for a lot of you, very, very familiar I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to comment, a few, make a few comments on it, and then uh, we'll kind of bring it, to, bring it together. Romans chapter 12. If you have a phone, um, I didn't see anybody with a physical Bible, but if you have a phone or a tablet or whatever, oh, a physical Bible there, cool, that's great. Um, you can turn with me uh, to Romans chapter 12. It begins very familiar. Therefore, I urge you, in view of God's mercy, to offer yourselves as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, for this is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith that God has given to you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. 
If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. And if it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need and practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but willing to associate with people of lower position. And do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. And if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, and I will repay, says the Lord. But on the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you heap burning coals upon his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. All right, now I guarantee that 90% of you were like expecting me to stop after verse 2. But I wanted to read the entire chapter, and I'll explain. I'm just going to walk us through it real briefly, because I think it, 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 goes, it moves towards what I'm saying. So at the beginning, we start off, Paul is writing, and he, and he, count, he starts off and he says, be, it's time, we need to focus, out of, because of God's mercy, we need to worship God through offering our lives over and over, like living sacrifices, right? So it's not dead, it's alive. You get to continue to offer yourself over and over and over again. And not being conformed any longer to the pattern of the world, but being transformed. And so we're supposed to be fashioned and we're supposed to be formed. God wants to do it. Like if you want to know what God's doing in your life, Right now, if you, if you want clarity about the, what he's doing in this season of your life, because he's doing it in every season of your life, it's that he's working to fashion you, to shape you, to mold you into the likeness of his son. Like, that's what he's trying to do. That is what he's trying to do. And so he comes and he, Paul talks about this. And don't, be, don't conform, but be transformed. And then he goes on and he makes this interesting. If you think about it, like he's, he's not just throwing random thoughts together. It's part of why I read the whole chapter. He's not just, this isn't a, you know, a random assortment of thought, or, you know, random ideas. He says, by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith that God's given you. And then he goes on and he tells about these different, these different gifts that people have. So what's the connection? The connection is really simple, is that a lot of times we are, we're a body, we're in unity with one another, we've been given different gifts, different, different abilities, but the thing is, is that the way that we treat one another gets skewed, because when you look and you, sit and you see somebody else's gift and their abilities, and you say, well, I, that's more important, or, or you even, maybe you look at your own gift and you think, well, you know, I've got this, I can, I can do this, and, and it's kind of a big deal, I'm kind of a big deal. And you start thinking of yourself in this way. And the problem is, is that that's not being conformed. 
that isn't being transformed. He's trying to actually call us to the likeness of Jesus and like, don't be conformed to the ways of the world. The ways of the world are really obvious. It's a, it's a pecking order. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to step on top of you so I can get higher. I'm trying to prove to you that I'm better. But what, what, the world, but what Christ is calling us to is to lay down our lives. What Christ calls us to is the exact opposite. And so Paul's talking and he's, he's saying, like, here's a good example of, when you, of what it means to, to, to mess this whole thing up. And, he, and then he moves on. He, he says, love must be sincere. Hate what's evil. Cling to, the, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Rather than being jealous of one another, rather than biting into one another, rather than arguing with one another, rather than trying to convince the people around you that you're a big deal, be devoted to, to the other person. Be devoted to them in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Why does he say that? Because the, the way of the world, the way of the flesh, the way that all of us understand this. All of us experience this. And sometimes it's real subtle, and wanna, but we, we, want to, we want to elevate ourselves. We want to make ourselves more than what we are. And the reality is, is that what we're supposed to do is actually magnify and glorify someone else, other than being Jesus, but we're supposed to honor the ones that are around us. And then he says, you know, don't be lacking in zeal, keep your spiritual fervor, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And then there's this, this awesome thing, in, this awesome verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who mourn, or rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony, do not be proud, but will be willing to associate with people of lower position that do not be conceited. Don't repay people with evil. So all of these things that Jesus, is, or that Paul is writing about, I want us to see the fact that Jesus, this is the way of Jesus. This is exactly the way that Jesus lived. It's what Jesus modeled for us. It's what Jesus calls us to. And it's tremendously difficult. Okay? Now, just to be straight up about it, all we need to do is look around Social media, print media, whatever, wherever, and you'll see the exact opposite of this. You're not going to see people blessing one another. You're not, not, you're not going to see them blessing instead of cursing. And here's the, honestly, the, the, I have to be honest about it, is that a lot of people within the church, and I mean a lot of, you know, me, all, like, we can all get sucked into this. We can all get tripped into this. Like, you know, the number of times that I see something, you know, I don't really do 90% of social media I don't do, but I, I, I do a little bit on, on uh, what I still refer to as Twitter. And uh, just out of rebellion, I just have to call it the original name. But, you know, like I just see stuff and I'm just like, oh, I want to, like the temptation to, to respond, the temptation to, to, to type a response to what, I, to what I've seen or what I've read is so strong. But over and over again, I go, nope, 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 not, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Like, don't respond. It's like, bless rather than cursing. Rejoice. Live in harmony. Don't be proud. Be willing to associate with, with other people that are, you know, might be of lower position. Don't repay evil for evil. 
Do what is right in the eyes of everyone. So, again, these short little statements that Paul writes about, when I look at this, I, I see a description of Jesus straight up. I see the model and the way of Jesus, and I am confronted with the way in which I struggle to do that, that it, it goes against, you know, your, your fleshly nature, which you're always, you know, you're wrestling against that. You're wrestling to do something. And that goes back to exactly to where we started. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of the world. Don't respond to people the way that, that the way, according to worldly ways. Don't respond with, our, with your words. Don't respond with your actions in the same way that the world does. Instead, be, be transformed, be changed into what? Into the likeness of Jesus. Well, what's the way of Jesus like? Well, that's what he outlines over and over and over again through, through, this, through this chapter. And so when I think about what, what I believe God is saying to the church right now is like, the, to me, the unbel- undeniably the need of the hour. The need of the hour is for spiritual fruit, for the character of Jesus to be formed and fashioned into us. We were, um, during uh, our weekly prayer meetings at House of Prayer, we, we, each week we take a passage of Scripture and we pray through it. And we, we refer to that as devotional prayer. We pray it, uh, and we were, we were praying this, this week from a passage in Acts uh, where they come, and, uh, they come and Peter comes and lays hands on some people and they get filled with the Holy Spirit. And it says that they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they, they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. And I'm, I'm up, I'm all for it. I'm all for, I'm all for tongues and I'm all for prophecy, but I, I could all week long, this was just all week long, I just was sitting there going, and I prayed this, Stephen heard me many times, you know, praying and saying, Lord, I, what I want is the, I, I want the fruit of the Spirit. I want the character of Jesus. I want that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so they, Peter p- prayed for some people, prayed for these guys, and all of a sudden they're filled with the Spirit, and we get excited because it's yeah they're speaking in tongues and they're and they're prophesying we're like woohoo that's awesome all the charisma all the charismatics are rejoicing and it's it's good it's great there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever it's, it's just, it was a sign of the of the spirit's working it still is a sign of the spirit's working but you know like what I'm yearning for is is for my mouth to be transformed what I'm yearning for is my emotional heart level reaction to be transformed. So that instead of something rising up in me that isn't the Jesus way, that it's changed and transformed. That the things that I, I, the things that I want, the things that I dream about, that every aspect of my being, the way I spend my time, my money, the things, all of that, that it's, that it's progressively being changed. And the thing, I've known this for years, it's, it's, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out. The character of Jesus is not imparted in a moment. It is not imparted in a moment. There is no ministry line on earth where you can go forward and form the ministry line and the, the person, the, 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 you know, in the hour of power they come and they pray in Jesus' name and all of a sudden you're totally 100% Jesus. It does not exist because it doesn't happen that way. It takes... There can be breakthrough, like I'm for breakthrough. <laughs> I, want, I love praying for breakthrough. But then on, you know, 
then you've got to go through it. And so it's this long process. And I'll be honest, it's an uncomfortable process. You could even say that at times it's painful to be made and molded into the likeness of Jesus. But when I look around me, the need for that is so absolutely obvious. Like we, we can't hardly as a society right now, increasingly we, we can't even have honorable discussions with people that have a different viewpoint. You bring, the obvious thing is you bring politics into it or you bring, uh, you know, your whatever view on whatever and stuff like that. I mean, it's, you know, it's fine if we want to talk about the Oilers and, and all of that kind of stuff. But if you're talking about something a little bit more, you know, then you're going to get, you're going to get fire up. You're going, to, you're going to get response. I mean, look at what's on there. Look at what's out there being uh, in, in the newspapers, on the radio, and the, stuff like that. People are angry. They're responding. If you disagree, we can't even disagree. How, do you know, have any, any idea how far away we are from the, li- from the likeness of Jesus in this? And what, again, I'm not, I'm not saying that in a condemning way I, at all, I, because I believe strongly that, that the Holy Spirit is going to prevail and have people that are molded and fashioned and formed into the likeness of Jesus. Like he's, he's very good at what he does. And he's going, to be, he's going to have a people that are, going to, that are going to live and exemplify. This is the thing. Sermon on the Mount. You are the salt of the earth. You are the salt and you are the light. Well, what, and he says, but if the salt loses its saltiness, uh, we've got a problem. And so my question is, how's the saltiness, how's the salt and the light doing right now? And and for me, the, the, the standard, the standard of salt and light is the character of Jesus. It is the, I, you know, when I, I saw the little bunny trail, Donovan likes my bunny trail. I grew up in a Baptist church. I, barely, I was sort of like the, the, uh, the, the believers in the, in, what was it, Acts 19, Stephen? That we did? Yeah, Acts 19. You know, where they said, you know, what, you know, what, uh, did you get the Holy Spirit when you, when you and they, they responded, we don't even know that there is a Holy Spirit. Well, that was me when I was like, you know, 10, 11, 12, 15, 18, and stuff like that. And then 18 years old, I get ambushed into an environment where there's all, like the gifts of the Spirit, people are prophesying, people are speaking in tongues, and, and that, that was, you know, and all sort, all manner of chandelier swinging, and it was, it was crazy. Like it was, it was, and I just looked at it, and I thought, this is incredible. I, this is incredible. And, and I was like, I, have, I got ripped off because nobody told me about that stuff. Like, that's the fun stuff there. Like, let, bring, on, bring on all of that, you know. And that, I, that's where I was for like a number of years. And I was like, man, they spoon-fed me on the fruit of the Spirit. They gave me the fruit of the Spirit. And they didn't tell me about the gifts of the Spirit. And I felt gypped for, a, you know, a, a number of years and everything like that. And now... And you can sort of say, well, you're, you know, you're getting older and all that kind of thing. Maybe, well, maybe, maybe true. I'm still for, like I said, I'm trying to be real honest. I'm, I'm still for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I like the whole deal, the whole enchilada. But I'm aching. I'm aching for the fruit of the Spirit in my life. Because that's what's going to show 
More than, I believe this actually, more than anything else. I'd actually say more than most of the gifts of this Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit will stun a world. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, like in biblical proportions. Being able to do exactly what Paul says, bless those who persecute, bless and do not curse. Do not repay evil with evil. Like, this is awesome. If there was, I don't mean, to, it's good, a person here and a person there, but can you imagine a community of people that are living that way? A community of people that are learning, they actually have the gifts of the Spirit, all, these, all the gifts, the kind that, you know, that, that Paul talks about in this passage. So you've got all these gifts, and they're not trying to make themselves a big deal. They're preferring one another. They're honoring one another. Like, whoa. I mean, this is, this is, this is mind-blowing stuff. But I fundamentally believe that's where God wants to take the church. So, you know, you can look at the reality and sort of go, well, you know, I don't know. I want it, but I'm not, worried. I'm not worried about it. I think the Lord's got it. He's really got it figured out. Okay. All right. Here's, here's where I'm bringing prayer into it. Prayer is one of the primary activities by which God forms us. Straight, full stop. Prayer is one of the primary, it's not the only way. There are other ways, and we could be here a lot longer than we want to be, but prayer is one of the primary activities or spiritual disciplines by which God fashions and forms us into the likeness of Jesus. Here's just a question for you, you know, just it's more of a statement, but I've formed it as a question. Is prayer about changing external circumstances or changing internal hearts? The answer is both. Okay, the answer is both. Prayer, undeniably, the scriptures are very clear. We could just be here for a long time looking at the scriptures that talk about where Jesus and, and all the way through the New Testament uh, call us to approach, now, you know, approach and, and, and find help in time of need. There, you know, ask and you will receive. Knock and the door will be opened. Like all of these verses. So prayer is about changing external circumstances. Like when we're praying for revival, you're praying for external circumstances to change. When you pray for somebody's body to be healed through the power of Jesus, you are praying for, for their, their circumstances to, and we're supposed to do that. So it's not a matter of that. But there's another reality of it, of changing internal hearts. And this is the thing that, if you want to know kind of where I'm at with, like, where it's, what's my the area of prayer that I feel challenged and provoked in, it is the idea that we are formed in, through the action of prayer. Like that I'm, I'm in ways that I don't know, in ways that I can't see, in ways that I cannot measure. God is choosing to do this. And this is, this is kind of what I want to, you know, where I want to sort of wrap things and bring them together. The, the majority of our prayers if you think about your prayer life, and, and almost certainly, uh, most of us have a prayer life that is, that is focused on changing external circumstances, okay? Whether it's the world or people around us that we know and love. We love uh, prayer requests, and we love, actually, we love answered prayer. 
When I was when I was younger, I had people who would say, "Oh yeah, you got to keep a journal, and you got on one page you put the prayer requests, and and then you have a column, and then you can write, you can check off when those prayer get answered, and then you look back through your journal and you're pumped up. Did anybody else ever been told to do that? Okay, good. Uh, where you you just have this journal and it encourages you because you've got all these answered prayer. We love answered prayer. And there's, and there's nothing, that's absolutely right, biblical, and amazing, and I'm 100% committed to it. But there is something formative in prayer where God moves through the rhythms, the rhythms of prayer and shifts, brings about shifts and changes. You know, like, I mean, Donovan said, you know, we've been doing prayer together in a group. It's always a small group of us. You know, when we talk about our prayer gatherings, we're talking about like, you know, 8 to 12 people. And eight to twelve people, and we're there, and we're praying, and we, you know, on on the weekdays. Now, I'm going to get a, a two hands in the air from Stephen and from Mark uh, that, you know, sometimes those meetings are boring. Can I get an amen? Like, and now it's not just sort of like, oh well, you know, the reality is is that you you come and you do it. Like we're talking, like what did you say, Donovan? Fourteen years or whatever the math is on it. We've been doing daily prayer uh, on the, in the weekdays. You think, oh, that's heroic. No, it's boring. <laughs> We've been praying for the same things for 14 years. We, and we, we haven't seen revival. We've been praying for healings for 14 years. Haven't seen an outpouring of healing. You know, good touch here and there. A sniffly nose helped here and, you know, a sore back there. I'm overdoing it a little bit, but you know, but what what we do is actually, so here's the great thing. Here's what keeps you going. We don't have like, if we sort of write down all our prayer requests and the check marks, we don't have a lot of check marks. You know what we have? We have God. It's those times when you feel God, when you are aware of God in his presence and his goodness, where the word becomes alive to you where we are praying and you're seeing people. You know who finds our prayer meetings most impacting? The guests that come, that aren't there week in and week out. That are, you know, day in and day out. And they come in and, and like, we're sort of, you know, whatever. And the thing is, is that it, it changes you. It shifts you. It alters the way that you live and do, and do things. And now, absolutely, yeah, we've been doing it for 14 years. I got so far to go in the like, being on the likeness of Jesus. Let me bring this together in terms of some specifics that I think are relevant uh, to all of us. Again, I'm thinking in terms of like what I, what I am arguing or articulating that the need of the hour is being fashioned, fashioned and formed into the likeness of Jesus, that that's the big, that's what God's needing or highlighting or emphasizing the most, at least as I look around, as I look around the landscape, and maybe it's just me looking at my own life, I don't know. I'm really confident that it's a larger thing. Uh, So we're called to be fashioned and formed in different areas, but through prayer, here's the big thing, personal prayer. Personal prayer. And I want to give you a couple of, of specific ideas to, to chew on. And these ones, I'm going to be honest, these are hard, okay? They're not going to sound hard, but to do them is hard. Set daily times for personal prayer. Have daily times of personal prayer. Like a set time. 
It can be, you know, a different thing. It could be whatever kind of works for you. But have a set time. And I don't mean like, you know, 8.13 or something like that to the minute. I just mean like, is it in the morning? Is it in the afternoon? Is it in the evening? Is it, you know, when you come home from work? Is it before you go to work? Have a set time of prayer and keep it. Don't make it long. If this is new to you, don't do not say, I'm going to start at half an hour a day. Half an hour a day, you know, you just trust me. Just take it from me. It's not the way to start. Start with a few minutes. Start with some things that, you know, some of the most amazing things I looked at. Do you know that there's a whole history in the Bible, as well as outside of the Bible, uh, of, the, of people praying at set, set hours of prayer? It's amazing. You can, you can read about it in, in, the, in the book of Acts. There were the church before, before Christ, as well as, you know, the, the Jewish community before, before Jesus sort of did his ministry, and then through in the, early Testament, in the New Testament, there were set times, and there, there's a whole, it's a whole fascinating thing uh, of when people would pray. And some of the most notable miracles actually in the book of Acts happened in connection with those set times of prayer. But there, have a set time of prayer. And here's what I would encourage you to do. If you do one thing, and, and try this, I don't mean that once a week, I mean every single day, pray the Lord's Prayer. Try it. Have a set time and pray the Lord's Prayer. First, two things that I'll suggest. One, pray the Lord's Prayer. Two, include confession and repentance. I've been reading some books that sort of talk about the, uh, the writings of uh, John Calvin and, uh, and Martin Luther and some of their writings about prayer. Some of what, you know, Luther and Calvin, those are big names uh, from long ago. What they, what they wrote about prayer, it, it was unthinkable to them that prayer would not have a section of confession and repentance. I started doing that a number of, of years ago where I would, I would have, and there was a prayer of repentance, uh, a, just a, a standard prayer of repentance, and I would do it every single day, and I got depressed. And I, I sort of was like, God, this is ridiculous. Why am I doing this? I'm, I, I should be thinking more about the fact that I'm forgiven not meditating on my sin. I don't want to meditate on my sin. I want to meditate on your forgiveness and your mercy and your goodness. And I was sort of like, oh, I don't think I'm going to do this anymore. And so I stopped for a while and then I, and stuff. And then, I, and then I came back and I realized, I realized the reality of what God was forming in me through confession and repent, repentance and confession of sin. Let me just, you know, the verse that I read earlier. I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith that God has given you. Do you want to grow in that? Come to God with, in, in, with, and include a time of prayer of confession and repentance of, of, of sin. Do it every day. Do it every single day or aim to. I mean, you'll, you'll get there's seven days a week, you'll, you know, you'll hit. It doesn't matter what you hit. If you aim for seven and you get two, awesome. Aim for, keep going. If you, if you get set, five out of seven, you get all seven, it doesn't matter. The eight, aim for seven and then just keep going with it. Have a set time. Now, if you already have a set time, this has really been hard. I am not here yet. Okay, I've been doing the set time for quite a long time now. 
But there's this next level, this next level, and stuff like that, this next thing where I'm trying twice a day. Like start, I, so I, I try and get up, I get up, I make a cup of tea, and I go downstairs into my room, and I, into my, I have a little room at my, in my house, my little office, and I get down there, and that's where, that's where I do the thing. I, wanna, I do it in the morning. I have quite a decent amount of success in the mornings, and absolutely am abysmal at doing it again in the evening. <laughs> it's really challenging for me. I am, man, it's, it's tough. And what, but the times that I've done it, and I, it, here's what I'm getting at. I go downstairs, I do a bunch of stuff, I won't go into that, that's not, that's not the point. But I just want to give you two things. The Lord's Prayer and, and, repent and repentance and confession of sin. Do it. Get, get it into the rhythm of, of, what you, of what you do in your personal life and watch. And, but don't just sort of like, you know, you can, it's not the end of the world, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Da, 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 amen. Got, got it. I'm on the way. I want it. I've done that a handful of times. I've gotten so I can say the Lord's Prayer and be thinking about a totally different thing. A totally different thing. So ideally, what I'm aiming for is engaging not with a rote prayer, da-da-da-da, but I want, to, I want my heart to be engaged. But here's the, here's the funny thing. Believe me in this. Some of you might think I'm weird on this, but it's true. Even when you say it and your mind is thinking about the shopping list or the, the, the meeting that you've got today or whatever it is, even if you do it that way, you are being fashioned and formed by saying it. There is a reason why I, had us, I asked if Donovan to get the, the words for the Lord's Prayer, for us to say it together. And I just want to encourage you in that. There are ways in which God fashions you and forms you in, through praying. There's, again, there's other things as well. I really am resisting temptation. But there, there are ways that God fashions and forms us that we are not aware of. That we are not aware of. And even when it feels like you're distracted, you know, I think of Dominic over here, you know, you've got, you know, little ones at home. I want to, and so, you know, a lot of, probably 90% of the time, you're going to be distracted when you say, if you, you know, if you were to engage with it, it's like, boop, I'm thinking about this, you got kids, blah, blah, and they're doing stuff. I want to, this still works. Like, it's still, it's still, especially just say, oh, God, just form me, even in the midst of it. All right, so personal prayer, last thing I, want to, I just want to mention because we talked about it at the beginning, corporate prayer. Scripture and church history teach us of the need for both regular times of personal prayer and times of corporate prayer. It is biblical for us to gather and pray. I want to urge you to, I, I really do, I, you know, unashamedly, I would love to invite every single one of you and all that are going to listen to the podcast uh, in the, to check out Gather and Pray on the monthly times. Like we've got to, we're, we're starting, we've only been doing it for about four or five months, you know, four months now or something. And, you know, it's, it's really stripped down. You know, it's just, you know, we got, it's, on, it's basically acoustic for the most part and we do it and everything. The last month, it was great. We had, um, we had this guy, Gabriel, he was leading uh, worship and uh, we just did the whole thing unplugged because Donovan wasn't able to be there. And so we didn't have his, techno his, uh, his uh, skills with the technology and stuff. So it was really stripped down and acoustic. And you could just hear the whole room singing. 
just hear all the voices singing the songs. It was amazing. And then we prayed, and it was, it was wonderful. Come, come out. Check out Gather and Pray. Some of you have been there, but others of you haven't had a chance to. It's second Tuesday of the month. It's an opportunity for us to gather and pray corporately, but there's also this need. And I, as, we, as I just land the plane, so to speak, oh, you can, I'll invite the worship team to come back if you guys want. If you don't want, that's okay. But I think you'll come up. Here's the thing. Wherever, wherever you are at in your walk with God, know this. I want you to know this really clearly. God is for you. God is not against you. So when we have times, whether it's confession of sin, He is for you. At all times, He is for you. And He wants to touch you and to change you and to mold you and to shape you. If there's habits that are in your life, habits of speech, habits of thought, habits of action whatever it might be, that you just sort of feel like, you know, need to be dealt with. It probably will, there are breakthroughs, and I believe, and I will believe with you for breakthrough. My experience is really, frankly, that it will be over time that you will be shaped and you will be molded into the likeness of Jesus. If you... You can look at just the life of, just look at the way that Jesus interacted with people and, and then just say, Lord, I want to be like him. I want to be like him. I want to treat people that way. I want to have those, I want to put other people ahead of myself. I don't want to be so self-centered. Whatever it is that maybe you're, whatever it is that you're kind of wrestling with and thinking about. And so I want to pray for you and then the team's going to lead us in a song and we're going to figure out Donovan's got a great plan for after. So let's pray together. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. We hope that you were blessed. For more information about Resurgence, including how you can take part of this great movement, visit www.liveresurgence.com.